Amen. Well, we've got church tonight and we're going to have church tonight. We're having church tonight. There's a difference between being at church and having church. We're having church tonight. Praise God. Brother Mays, we love you. We want you to come. Take your liberty tonight. Praise God. Oh, let's love him a while. Why don't we do it now? I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord. I praise your name. I exalt you. I exalt you, Lord. I exalt you, Lord. I exalt you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Brother Frank uh, from the home church or my home church or how do I say that, Brother Rick? <laughs> Where I used to pastor. Um, I was thinking tonight, man, I, I, it was feeling good around here. And uh, I, Brother Frank, he doesn't do it much anymore. Because uh, age has taken its toll on him. And, uh, but I loved it. He'd get shouting up there, dancing around. He'd go, Woo! In your face, devil! Amen. Oh, Brother Goff, it's still in his face. It's still in the devil's face. Woo! Why don't somebody shout it with me? In your face, devil! feels good in here. Amen. It feels good in here. Amen. I'm glad your pastor's feeling better. I mean that. I mean that. Why don't you men, amen, just stretch your forth your hand right now toward the elder. Say, God, touch him completely in Jesus' name. God, right now in Jesus' name. God right You feel good enough to preach, brother? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Well, I guess I can't get out of it, can I? I was really, I promise, I was really looking forward to hearing this man. There's nobody I'd rather hear. Amen. And I'm going to be a mighty poor substitute. Amen. But uh, if you would turn me to 2 Corinthians 
Amen. Chapter 4. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Boy, it just feels so good. Uh, I can truthfully say I've been to church tonight. Amen. I have been to church tonight. Amen. While you're turning there, I want to just tell you a little story. The devil had a garage sale. And he was selling a lot of his tools. And all the tools were laid out on the tables. They'd been marked with prices. There are a lot of treachery implements of destruction for sale. Tools of hatred, envy, jealousy, deceit, pride, lying, adultery, fornication, on and on. However, on the other side, apart from the rest of the tools, was a very special tool. It was worn more than any of the others, and it did not have a price on it. As the customers looked at it, one of them worked up the courage to ask the devil, and the devil replied, that's the tool of discouragement. Well, you don't have a price on that one. Why? Because it's not for sale. The tool of discouragement is more useful to me than all the other tools. With it, I can pry open and I can get inside a person's heart. When I, can gotten, can I, I cannot get near them with any other tool. It's extremely worn because I use it on almost everyone. Therefore, it's not for sale. With that said, I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8. Reading down through verse 18. We are troubled on every side. Yet, not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not, 
but through our outward man but though our outward man perish yet the inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen that the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal after telling us in verses 8 9 and 10 that we're troubled on every side yet not distressed we're perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Then we are told in verse number 15, amen, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. And the Greek word for redound as used here is peruso, which means to superabound in quantity or quality. So when it says all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, it means everything that we go through, all of our troubles, all of our trials, amen, all of our afflictions, our suffering, amen, all of those things that we don't understand and all the things that cause us heartache, pain, and distress, they're for our sake, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, superabound in quantity or quality to the glory of God. Somebody ought to shout right now. Although we might not understand it, we're being told that everything that we go through is for our sakes. Ah, we go through is for our sake, but it's for the glory of God. So with this thought in mind, I want to preach from the subject just for a little bit. It's your story, but God's glory. It's your story, but God's glory. Brother Riggin, would you pray? Clap your hands unto the Lord. Give him praise. Is anybody going to help me preach tonight? God bless you. You can be seated. The book of Deuteronomy begins by stating, These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side of Jordan in the wilderness. 
And in the first four chapters, uh, Moses recounts Israel's history with God. In chapter 5, amen, he recites the Ten Commandments along with the circumstances in which Moses received, amen, the Ten Commandments and in turn gave them to Israelites. In chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, he recounts the greatest commandment to hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. In chapter 7, Moses begins to prepare the Israelites for the day when they will enter the promised land. Amen. He reminds them that they are God's chosen people and warns them not to intermingle or intermarry with the people that currently occupy the promised land. In verse number 12, amen, he also reminds them that they are a covenant people and promises blessings and prosperity if they will keep the commandments that God has given them. Chapter 8 begins with a call to keep the commandments and to remember their history. In verses 2 through 4 he states, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years." Then in verses 11 through 16, he issues a stern warning. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied then thine heart shall be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought where there was no water who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint who fed thee in the wilderness with manna which thy fathers knew not that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do good at thy latter end. Did anyone beside myself notice that in all these verses, in chapter 8, Moses reminds the people that God was the one that led them these 40 years in the wilderness to humble them, and he suffered them to hunger. It was God that led them through that great and terrible wilderness uh, where there were fiery serpents and scorpions uh, and drought uh, where there was no water. Uh, it was God who brought forth water out of the rock of flint for them. Uh, it was God who fed them in the wilderness with manna. It was God that did all these things uh, that he might prove them uh, to do them good at their latter end. Uh, yes, God provided for them. Uh, and yes, God took care of 
them. He also let them get hungry. He let them get thirsty. He let them go through some things they didn't like and didn't understand. He let them get in some tight places and in some times of trouble and distress and discomfort. I'm preaching to somebody tonight to inform you that sometimes God will let you go through some things. God will let you get in trouble. He will let you get hungry sometimes. He will let you get thirsty sometimes. He will let you get into a place where your back is against the wall. Amen. He will let you stand before Red Sea with the Egyptian army closing in on you. He will let you go through the fiery furnace. He will let you spend a night in a hungry den of lions so he can prove you, can put your faith to the test and find out what's in your heart. Yes, we love it when God brings that water out of the rock. We love it when God feeds us from the manna, amen, from heaven. And we love it when we can look back and know that God has done great and mighty things for us in the wilderness. But while we are the one that's having to go through the heartache, the pain and the sorrow, when we're the one that's lonely, when we're the one that's hurting, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. When we're the one that's in the midst of a trial that it seems like it's never gonna end. When we're the one that's hungry. When we're the one that's thirsty. When we're the one that seems like the heavens are brass over our head and our prayers are getting no higher than the ceiling of the room. We're quick to complain and find fault with God and think that he's forsaken us. But the good news is according to Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 uh, that God has said I will never leave thee uh, nor forsake thee uh, and according to our text reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 uh, verse number 15 everything that we go through uh, is for our sake uh, but it's for the glory of God uh, it's our story but the glory belongs to God praise the name of the Lord and further Verses 17 of 18 of our text tell us for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. And then it said, but the things which seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. In other words, no matter how long the trial drags on, no matter how dark the midnight seems to be, and no matter how prolonged, uh, wearying, and disheartening uh, it is to us, it's just a temporary inconvenience. Oh, somebody praise him right now. Ah, because those things uh, which are seen are just temporary, uh, which means for a while, uh, for a season, uh, for a short while, lasting only a limited period of time. And remember, uh, Moses told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 8, uh, verse 16, that is uh, to do the good at the latter end. And I come to tell somebody tonight 
that what you're going through is not going to last forever. The storm that you find yourself in is not without end. The emotional battle that you are entangled in isn't eternal. The financial struggle that you are currently facing, it won't last. The sickness that you're battling isn't forever. That marital situation that seems hopeless, it isn't going to stay that way. The employment situation you're faced with, it's going to change. Ah, somebody praise him. Amen. The problem that makes you cry, it's not eternal. The pain of betrayal and deception that you experience, it's not eternal. Amen. It's only temporal. It's only temporary. And your story is for God's glory. You might be crying today, but hold on. You'll be smiling again in a little while because Psalm 30 and 5 said, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. You might be broke right now, but you'll have more than enough in a little while. Because Philippians 4.19 tells us, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. You might be in pain today, but healing's on the way because God speaks through the prophet Malachi and declares in Malachi 4 verse 2, but unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. It makes no difference what kind of trouble you're going through because Psalm 34, 17 proclaims the righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their trouble. It doesn't matter what your affliction might be or how many afflictions that might be bothering you because Psalm 34, 19 declares many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord, but the Lord, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Somebody ought to be shouting right now. You call them, you might be going through it. Amen, but go through it. Yes, your current story might be that you're troubled on every side. You might be perplexed. Amen. You might be persecuted. And right now you might even be cast down. Oh, God, might be discouraged, dejected, and demoralized. But you are not forsaken and you're not destroyed. It's just temporal. It's just temporary. Because Hebrews 12 and 2 informs us that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And the pen is still in his hand. And he's still writing your story so that he's going to get all the glory. That's why and how God spoke to the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 43 verse 7 and declared every, even everyone that is called by my name for I have created him for my glory I have formed him yea I have made him please understand that for the children of Israel 
The wilderness was never supposed to be fun. It wasn't supposed to be comfortable or enjoyable. It was supposed to be difficult and undesirable. It was supposed to be hot during the day and freezing cold at night. The ground was supposed to be hard and uncomfortable. They were supposed to get hungry and thirsty. They were supposed to hate the wilderness and find it undesirable. Amen. They were supposed to hate being surrounded by deadly poisonous snakes and scorpions. Amen. They were supposed to love God and be grateful for his, amen, daily provisions. But they were supposed to hate the wilderness. God never intended for the children of Israel to be in the wilderness for 40 years. God only intended for them to pass through it. He wanted them to hate the wilderness so much that they would march right on into their promised land. Uh, The problem was they refused to believe that they were well able to go in and possess the land that God had already told them was theirs. And the reason they refused to believe and and disobeyed was because they had already forgotten all the miracles that God had performed when he delivered them out of bondage. And they also seemed to fail to remember not just too many days ago that their story had had them standing at the Red Sea with Pharaoh and his entire army, amen, coming up behind them to take them back into bondage. Uh, They had forgotten that Moses told them, fear ye not, uh, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today for the Egyptians uh, whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. And they had forgotten that God had told Moses, I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, which I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. They had already forgotten that God had always done what he had promised to do. No matter what the circumstance, he always used their story for his glory. Yet in spite of their unbelief and disobedience, God still blessed them, and he got more glory. God gave them just enough to sustain them in the wilderness. God gave them manna from heaven and water from the rock, and their clothes and their shoes didn't wear out. But all of that was just provision for the journey, and it was only enough to sustain them until they came to the promised land. Amen. They were supposed to transition from the wilderness, amen, of just enough to the promised land of more than enough. But because of their inept and abandoned memory, their doubt and unbelief, they spent the next 40 years wandering in the wilderness with just enough. Someone in this place needs to let God do a total memory recall on you uh, because just like the children of Israel, uh, you seem to have forgotten where God has brought you from uh, and all that he has done in your life. Oh God, uh, you need to let your mind go back to the time when you were hopelessly lost, uh, when you were on a dead-end road uh, to hell uh, and remember that God reached out in you in love and mercy uh, and compassion and brought you up uh, out of the horrible pit, uh, out of the miry clay uh, and set your feet upon a rock and establish your goings. You need to have your memory refreshed by the power of a Holy Ghost renewing. I'm preaching to somebody tonight. You need to remember how your story read before mercy rewrote your life. 
I'm not discounting the fact you're troubled. Troubled on every side. However, your story's for his glory because you don't have to be distressed. <laughs> yes, you're perplexed, but because God's going to get the glory out of your situation, you're not in despair. Yes, you're feeling persecuted, but because your story is for God's glory, you're not forsaken. Yes, life has cast you down, but because God has promised you in his word, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You're not destroyed. Yes, it's your story, but I've come to this pulpit tonight declaring the word of God to remind you, amen, that God said all things are for your sakes and I have created you for my glory God's trying to tell someone in this place that you'll just hold on a little while longer and trust him your story will bring you glory you might be in the valley right now but your story doesn't have to end in the valley in the fourth verse of the 23rd psalm David said yay though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me The solution to your problem is to do what David did. Just keep on walking. When you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, just keep on walking. Amen. When you're walking through hell, just keep on walking. When the My God, when the pathway you're walking gets rough and rocky, just keep on walking. When the slope gets slippery and your foot and starts to slip and slide and the muck and the mire clings to your feet and weighs you down, you just got to keep on putting one foot in front of the other. Remind yourself it's just a temporary inconvenience. Remind yourself it is one chapter of my life story that God has written. I made up my mind. There's more than one chapter where God will get the glory out of my life. The valley doesn't have to define you. The valley doesn't have to defeat you. Just keep walking and you'll be back on the mountain singing a new victory song. You'll climb higher than you've ever been with the peace that passeth understanding and the knowledge of the purpose of the valley is twofold. It's to do you good at your latter end and for God to get the glory from your story. And you'll be able to say like the chorus of the old song, when I look back down the road where I laid my heavy load and I think of all the victories I've won, sometimes I get a thrill when I look back down the hill and I see just where the Lord has brought me from. The Apostle Paul is the one that wrote these verses from where we've taken our text. And if anyone knew about troubles, trials, affliction, persecution, the Apostle Paul knew. He knew about peril and turmoil. He knew about betrayal and tribulation. He knew about pain and suffering. He knew about sadness, loneliness, and sorrow. The Apostle Paul knew what it was like to experience confusion and uncertainty. He knew what it was like to not understand that God allowed him to suffer the things that he had to go through. And he knew what it was like to pray and seek God for relief only to get an unexpected and somewhat frustrating answer. The only answer he got was from God was, my grace is sufficient for thee. 
my strength is made perfect in weakness. So instead of getting mad at God, instead of quitting, instead of rising up in anger against God and refusing to continue uh, to pray, uh, refusing to continue to worship, uh, and refusing to continue to give God glory uh, and honor, Paul said, most gladly, uh, therefore, uh, will I glory in mine infirmities uh, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Uh, Oh, therefore, uh, I take pleasure in infirmities, uh, in reproaches, uh, in necessity, in persecutions in distresses for Christ's sake for when I am weak then am I strong in other words what the apostle Paul was saying it might not have been the answer I was looking for it might have been the answer I was expecting it might not have been the answer I really wanted but I still trust you, God. And I know that you're writing my story in a way that you're going to get the glory. That's why when Apostle Paul and Silas had been beaten for preaching the gospel, had many stripes laid across their backs, had been thrown in the most filthy and darkest part of the inner prison, even at midnight, they still had worship on their minds and praise on their lips and a song to sing because Scripture tells us that they prayed and sang praises unto God and the other prisoners heard them. And God sent a great earthquake, amen, that shook the entire jailhouse off its foundation. It opened every door, loosed the bands of every prisoner, and ended up bringing salvation to the jailer and his household, all because Paul and Silas both determined that in spite of the current situation, in spite of their current condition of their story, they were going to let God get the glory. And in spite of their hurt and their pain, and their suffering. They choose to go ahead and praise God even in the midnight hour. I've come to this pulpit with some good news for someone in this place. God still works the night shift. He does his best work in the dark. And the good thing about midnight is that it's gone in just 60 seconds. In just 60 seconds, it's no longer midnight. It's now 12.01 a.m. and morning has come. Oh, in 60 seconds, you can go from pain to praise, from sickness to health, from darkness to light, from lost to found, from despondency and weeping to rejoicing with joy unspeakable and full of glory. It doesn't take long for God to change your situation and bless you. Somebody ought to start praising God at the midnight of your story. Go ahead and start praising God because in only 60 seconds, it's not going to be midnight. Amen. And go ahead and start praising God because he sent a preacher to the pulpit to tell you it might be your story but the glory belongs to God The Apostle Paul says, uh, our light affliction, uh, which is only for a moment, working for us. Uh, and right here uh, is a good place for somebody to get to your feet uh, and start shouting, uh, it's working for me. Uh, come on, somebody, get to your feet. Uh, open your mouth and make a holy declaration. Uh, it's working for me. Uh, 
Why don't everyone get to your feet and lift your voice while the musicians come? Go ahead and make a declaration of faith. Even when the devil's assaulting me, even when I don't understand why God is allowing this to happen to me, even when I can't comprehend why, why things the way they are and why my mind and even my sanity are being attacked, and even when it seems all hell is wrecking havoc in my life, I've got to stand on the authority of God's word and claim that my story is working for me and God will get the glory. Somebody needs to hear what I'm preaching today. You need to get a revelation that it's working for you. It works for a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You need to understand when you open your mouth and speak the name of Jesus, it's gonna carry some weight. When you open your mouth and start praising God, it's gonna start carrying some weight. Start to click. Start declaring where you're going instead of where you've been. Start declaring you've been. Start declaring what you're expecting instead of what you're experiencing. Yeah, I'm experiencing some affliction in my story. I'm experiencing some affliction in my story. But God's word tells me that it's just for a moment. It'll be over in a little while. And I can make it because I know it's it's working for me. A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I quit looking at the things which are seen. And I'm focused on the things which are not seen. For my for the things which are seen they're just temporary oh, but the things which are not seen they're eternal and I've got a glimpse of the eternal I can make it through the temporary as long as I can see the eternal and the eternal word of God tells me in Romans 8, 28. Hold it with me. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God who are the called according to purpose. It might be your story, but God's going to get the glory. Let's raise our hands and love him right now. Come on, let's love him. My God. My God. My God, my God, my God, my God. There's somebody here. Oh, God, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. There's somebody here. You're battling discouragement. Amen. Come on, right now, let your pastor pray for you. Come on. Amen. Right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, right now, quick. Quick, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. Right now, in Jesus' name. Everybody praying. Everybody praying. Everybody praying. Yandoro. Yomosa toro bohoshaya, yando kolomohosaya. 
Ah, everybody praying right now in Jesus' name. Ah, God, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. Come on, come on, sister folks, don't be ashamed. Come on, don't be ashamed.